Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to Growing in the Green Industry, a weekly podcast where you'll hear about the latest design trends and new products for your home and landscape. Here's your host, Eric Weishar president of Breckenridge Landscape in New Berlin, Wisconsin. This week's guests are Greg and Kathleen Gapinski from Shorewest Realtors. Well, guys, last time uh, you guys were on, we talked a little bit about market trends and a little bit about the, the data mechanisms that you guys employ to give your clients a little bit of an edge in terms of you know, whether they're selling or buying. And, and so to allow them to see trends, to analyze trends, and then thus you know, prepare their home for sale in the right way, whether that be pricing or, um, you, you know, cleanup or staging or things like that. Um, and also on the buying side to see what's moving and what's not. So I think we, you know, we talked a little bit um, before we started about getting more in depth into the sort of the preparation, uh, so to speak, of um, you know, how do you get your house ready? What what types of amenities and things are people looking for, especially on the exterior side of things? Uh, so, I mean, spring is coming, I think, although it got we got a little snow yesterday, but um, the calendar says it's coming pretty soon. So before we dive, you know, head first into the, uh, you know, the exterior and the and the whole improvement aspect, what what's going on? What's going on with the market? I mean, spring is usually kind of the you know, the time where people say things really pick up and things start to move a lot. Is that is that still holding true? Yes, I would say you're starting to see more listings come on the market now. Um, where we've been in certain price ranges, we've had a depletion of inventory. So it's nice to see that people are starting to think that um, they want to sell their home and help a lot of those buyers out there. So so. When you say depletion of inventory, that sort of insinuates a lot of homes are moving, right? I mean, there's just, or people just aren't, aren't, aren't putting their house up. Yeah. There's a price range there that as soon as, uh, which is pretty much under 400, that once you put your your house up for sale, um, it goes, you know, rather quickly. It's gone. Um, if, if it's prepped right and priced right, uh, it's it goes rather quickly. Sure. Certainly in the higher price ranges, you know, that's a little bit of a different story. So, you know, seller's market versus buyer's market regarding price change. Right. Right. And we, we talked a little bit last time about uh, the dynamics of the marketplace and making sure that uh, we don't just have one word answers because one word answers mm-hmm. uh, tend uh, to mislead people. Uh, you could say, hey, the, the real estate market is great in Waukesha County. And they, that might be true for someone who has a home in the three hundred to four hundred thousand uh, dollar uh, price range, but if you've got a million dollar home or a nine hundred thousand dollar home, uh, my answer is going to be quite different. So, like you mentioned, you know, there's a certain price threshold where homes tend to move a little bit quicker. Does that hold true then? Um, 
in terms of location? Are there certain, you know, locations that are more desirable? So let's just say all things being equal, you know, equal size home, you know, four, two or something like that. And uh, a price point, you know, in that range, that sweet spot range, uh, are there areas then that also play as a factor that are more desirable than others? Right. Certainly there is the adage location, location, location. And, and what that means, if you boil it down uh, in Waukesha County is going to be uh, based on how the schools are doing. Mm-hmm. So the Heartland area is hot. Uh, the Pewaukee area is is hot. Delafield is hot. Uh, schools drive that. Uh, the towns uh, themselves, uh, there are a couple of uh, towns that I just mentioned that have a great restaurant scene, and people are attracted to have you had buyers that say, I want to live in this area because I, I, we really like that restaurant. We want to be like two well, miles like away. Well, like a downtown area like Delafield. Hey, we want to live close close to that. We want to be able to take advantage of that easily. Yeah. yeah you have, sure. You, they, they have an idea of the lifestyle that they want to have. Yeah. And if a house can make that, uh, you know, affordable to them, yeah, definitely they. And again, with spring coming around, people are, you know, starting to think about lakes and right. wouldn't it be great to live on a lake mm-hmm. and all those type of things. So um, all of those things affect people's decision. So for example, Walk to answer your question, Eric, uh, there is uh, an energy in downtown Oconomowoc. Sure. Where uh, you can have a, a, a really nice home either on the lake or right across the street from the lake and walk to the downtown area where there are numerous bars and restaurants that are alive mm-hmm. all day long. Sure, and sure. that is an attraction to a lot of people, especially to a client we're working with right now who said, hey, I, I, I want to be close to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and then you're seeing a lot of uh, towns and cities are uh, adding amenities. They're sort of you know, say cleaning up the downtown or revitalizing it, Mm -hmm. I guess, maybe is a better way to put it. So we're doing a lot of work in downtown Wauwatosa, and that's one of the places where they're doing that. And perhaps that's, I don't know if it's a catalyst or a reaction, you know, where people are, where the the towns and the cities are seeing that people are gravitating towards that or are asking for it or, you know, looking for that. And thus they're reacting to that to attract, you know, more people to their area, which thus attracts more business and so forth. Um, So I just wonder if it's a reactionary as opposed to a catalyst. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't have the answer to that. Uh, but I do see the dynamic in. Well, you're the data the guy now. Come on. Well, I'm, I'm, but I'm, but I'm perfectly happy to say I don't know. Okay, uh, fair enough. So I, I, I don't know. It'd be interesting to find out. I mean, I um, because like you said, there's a lot of people that are attracted to that downtown of Oconomowoc, the downtown Delafield area. We're doing the work in tow, so they're putting a lot of effort and energy and money into that. So um, I think the prevailing, you know, perhaps it's more of a competitive thing, you know, because you have downtown Milwaukee, a lot of people are moving down. There's a lot of condos and things going on. There's a, there's a lot to do down in that area. Um, and so perhaps now the cities are seeing that, you know, we need to compete, uh, for, for that, for those people. So, um, but as you mentioned, a lot of the, you know, it's spring coming, the, the amenities, you know, the out, outside amenities, people want to be outside. They want to be on the lake. They want to, you know, go walking to different places, outdoor eating. A lot of people like to, you know, dine outside and there's a lot of restaurants that have that. Um, but it's also something that you could probably have at your house, you know, your own personal little outdoor dining space, I suppose. Right. You bet. And I'll, I'll use some alliteration today. 
<laughs> that's a big Bulls, word. patios, <laughs> pergolas, ponds, and plantings. Wow. How's that? Wow. That's a mouthful. That is. And there's plenty there. <laughs> yeah, there is. Yes, so there is. So l- let's, let's talk about something that uh, perhaps is uh, common on both sides here. Uh, you do a lot of landscaping. Uh, my guess is that uh, patios uh, are something that you do with uh, pavers. So what's interesting is when you watch these HGTV shows, you you know you watch them and there people are walking through the house and everything that they pick on seems to be paint color mm-hmm. uh, and fixtures, right. which are the two easiest things in the world to change, right? right? But they seem to be fixated that oh, I don't like this color. Oh, those light fixtures are awful. You know, when really, I mean, in the grand scheme of things. The important things like we talked about before, location, amenities, you know, the size of the school district, those types of things where all the little odds and ends are, are very easy to fix. But by the same token, you know, you're sort of, um, you know, reiterating that that point, which is that when they come in, they want it. They just want to feel like it's right. all ready for them. Well, here's what I have picked up when we've worked with buyers. I have picked up that if you've grown up in a household where your parents didn't mind pulling out a paintbrush or, you know, tightening something or doing a little fixer uppers that those people don't seem to be as overwhelmed with, you know, a painting a wall or doing some minor work. But if you grew up in a household where maybe that wasn't the case and everything was, um, contracted out at any right. level, handyman and that, then it feels foreign to them. Right. So then they come into the house and think, hey, you know what? I don't really want to do any of this. I don't even know how to do any of this. That feels scary. Right. So one of the things I think Greg and I can do when we have buyers, as well as sellers, but buyers right now, is we don't just walk in the door and let them go. We walk with them. We, we you know... We have a agency with them where we can say, hey, you know, here are some suggestions or here's how you can easily fix this. If this is really the house of your dreams, but, you know, certain things aren't exactly the way you want them, let's talk about that, you know, in right. a big picture way and in a small picture so, way. So we operate on both sides, uh, sellers and buyers, in an advisory role. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can be a sounding board uh, for uh, new buyers who are in their early 20s and perhaps they're living far away from their network of people. And right. we enjoy saying, hey, here's what you might want to be thinking about. Right. And depending on the client, they'll say, hey, thanks for the information. Or, hey, can you tell me more about what you meant by taking this out or mm-hmm. uh, doing this and doing that? And Kathleen and I have been around a while. We're, we're baby boomers. Uh, <laughs> and we, we've seen a lot. And we're happy to share our experiences with those who are interested in listening. Well, it, it, the point that I'm, I'm, I'm hearing is that you can help people get past sort of those mental barriers yes. where they walk into a home and it's overwhelming. Maybe this is the fourth one they've seen, you know, today they you've been driving right. around all Saturday and they're, you know, they, they all sort of muddle together. I mean, I've been through this. I, I've, we've moved a few times mm-hmm. and you, you, you go through house after house and then they all sort of get muddled together and you can't really keep them straight. And which one did you like and didn't like, and which one's about right. this one. And which one had the blue living room. Exactly. Right. <laughs> exactly. So helping kind of guide people through that and, and sort of keep them on track and, and help right. them sort of remember and, and then get past those mental barriers of, well, I didn't really like that one. 
one. Well, what didn't you like about it? Well, I didn't like the paint color. Well, that's an easy fix. What about mm-hmm. the other things? Did mm-hmm. you like the location? Did you like the layout of the house? Did you like the space? Those mm-hmm. types of things and sort of keep people honed in on what's really important and help them get over those things that they're putting out there that maybe aren't so important or easily fixable. So we started our conversation about exterior uh, elements and a pool would be a perfect example uh, where a couple may be looking at it. Well, I'm not so sure about the pool. Well, let me give you some thoughts here. A pool is not a static investment. It's always going to be costing you money, right? It's going to be money for heating. It's going to be money for maintenance. It's going to be money for cool, uh, for, um, uh, conditioning the water, you got to shut the pool down mm-hmm. at the end of the year. You got to bring it up. So sometimes people get excited, and I certainly don't want to throw uh, cold water, pardon the pun, on the uh, <laughs> on on their pool party. But if uh, they're thinking it through, I want to help them understand all the elements. So in this broadcast, I would say that uh, pools aren't necessarily uh, the, um, the item, the luxury item that uh, most people think it is. I would say that many of our clients do not look favorably on a pool. Sure. They understand that it's a lot of work. Right. Uh, so it is a lifestyle, mm-hmm. uh, item and, uh, you need to look at it that way. If I was doing the numbers, uh, I would say that a pool a above ground pool, if it's maintained well between, Fifteen and twenty thousand um, dollars uh, additional in terms of uh, value, or uh, coming up with the value of the home. Sure, sure. Now, other, th- I mean, one of the underlying things that always gets brought up is curb appeal. Everybody, sure. you know, because the the picture that's online on MLS all the time is the front of the house, the mm-hmm. exterior, and if it looks kind of run down and unkempt, it's gonna kind of be a deterrent for people to move forward, take the next step, look at the rest of the pictures, maybe schedule a showing. Um, and so, whether if you're the if you're the seller, um, it's important to make sure that 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 picture looks right. Um, that may require a little bit of upfront investment on your part mm-hmm. um, to kind of. And it can go to all sorts of degrees. It could be as simple as just sort of trimming things up, cleaning it up, pulling some weeds, or it could be really just kind of redoing the whole front. And, you know, does, how, you know, how do you make that determination? I mean, is it, it really just comes down to, to a gut feel, right? And, and then how do you approach that with a client? Like, look, you know, we could probably, does, are you going to? Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. 
a dollar for dollar value, maybe, uh, what you put into that. But time on market, that's going to change, right? Well, I kind of take a simple approach. If there is a home that needs some real work in the front of the house to make it appealing and maybe things are overgrown and that type of thing, I, I won't really talk about their home. I'll just show them pictures and the pictures of homes that are are already looking like they're ready to right. go on the market versus homes that may be a little bit overgrown. And if you can take their home, take the emotional piece out of their home and right. show them a couple pictures, they get it pretty fast. Yeah, you know what? If I was buying, I'm going to be attracted to this other home a lot quicker than something where the bushes have now grown over the first floor windows. You know, that type of thing. That's and that's an really, exaggeration. Right. But it's all about the emotion piece of it. And we get it, right? We love our home. And I'm sure if somebody came to home, our home, they might say, hey, you know what? That that needs to be changed up if we were going to sell it. Well, that's a really good way of thinking about it and doing it because once you decide to put your home on the market, you've sort of entered a competitive arena. Correct. And if you have no idea what the competition is doing or you don't, you're not, you don't care, you just, you're just kind of looking at it internally, like this is my house and I'm selling it and I should get this for it because you've lived there for a long time and, and you have, like you said, an emotional attachment to it. If you're not looking at the competition and seeing where you stack up, you're putting yourself at a disadvantage right away. And so I think that's a a great approach to, to show people, look, I get it. We understand mm-hmm. the emotional attachment, but if you want to be successful in this competition, here's what you're up against. And here's are some suggestions on how you can, you know, sort of at least level up or, or maybe even surpass the competition in that aspect. And we've talked about it in our last podcast that buyers are oftentimes looking to cross homes off their list. Right. Mm-hmm. So they will have, six or seven homes they want to look at for the day. And um, I think cognitively uh, they don't realize it, but six or seven homes, how do you decide? Well, you decide by saying, I don't like this, this, and this, and this. Right. right? So you walk up to the home and there's weeds in the uh, mulch bed and the paint is peeling and there are other things. Uh, unconsciously, they are crossing these, they're crossing your house right. off the list because they're seeing things that re- perhaps need maintenance. Right. And what else is there? Right. So uh, making sure that uh, a, a client of ours puts their best foot forward, uh, internal as well as uh, external elements of the home is, is really important. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, especially in, in the market, the way it is now being very competitive, if it was, if, if it wasn't as competitive, you know, you could probably get away with, you know, maybe not doing as much or sprucing it up as much. But when you're up against a lot of others and, and everyone's looking, uh, you've got it, like you said, you got to put your best foot forward. So um, we, we get that a lot. We get people asking us about, you know, curb appeal and what can we do and how can mm-hmm. we, you know, dress this up. And and one of the questions I always ask as a designer, whether they bring it up or not, is, well, how long are you planning on staying in the home? Because that's going to make, you know, that's going to decide a lot of... On uh, the investment. Right. W- which direction do we go? Sure. So if you're going to be there for another 10, 12 years, you know, well, our kids are in, you know, in grade school, high school, and then eventually when they leave, then maybe we're going to move somewhere else. Um, okay, well, then you've got some time. So now you can maybe personalize it a little bit more because mm-hmm. you're going to, you know, receive the benefit of that investment. But if someone says, well, yeah, we're only going to be here about two years, well, then let's just keep this simple. You know, let's just right. make it look nice. Let's make it look uh, as low maintenance and, and friendly as possible. 
you'll still get the enjoyment of it um, for the next couple of years. But then when you go to sell, you're you're more likely to get that return on investment. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, we oftentimes uh, have clients who ask us that question, what can we do uh, to increase the value of our home? Uh, but we're only going to stay here a couple of years. Right. And, and that's a tough one because of the qualification of we're only going to stay here right. a couple of years. My personal philosophy, and I know it's different than all, many people out there, is I make investments in my home for quality of life. Right. Right. And it's it's sad to see a lot of clients who all of a sudden want to put in the new patio, the new plantings, the pergola just to sell their house. To sell the house, yeah. And, and you want to say, oh, you know, you missed that you whole missed, opportunity you, you missed to opportunity enjoy it. Yeah. Enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. But but it's not my money and uh, I, I can't spend it for him. Uh, but uh, there's certainly that that element to the whole, whole equation. And uh, uh, again, it's 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 a financial it's a financial issue. Well, the one thing that's funny, too, is that a lot can happen in a couple of years. Sure. You know, so people. You know, everyone, we, it's good to plan long term. You want to think about where you're going to be in two, three, five, ten years. But a lot can happen in that time. Um, sure. You know, you could another child could come along. You could a job could change. You could, you know, f- fall back in love with your house. I mean, there's I I, I know sure. there's a show that I've seen where they sort of pit the two against each other. Where okay, we're going to move out and let's find us a new house because we're done with this one. Mm-hmm. But we're going to let this person fix it up. And then at the end, they got to decide, okay, am I going to stay here or am I going to leave? I mean, and that's just in the time frame of a few weeks. You know, it's sure. a television show. Um, but it just shows you that, you know, perhaps instead of thinking of it as, well, let's fix this up and let's clean this up. Let's let's do a new patio. Let's do an outdoor, you know, fire pit or fireplace because we've always wanted it so that we can sell the house. I, I wonder how many people go through that process mm-hmm. because it takes a little time to get that done. And then realize, you know what? Wow, I really this, like it here. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to move anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> have you have you guys ever had that? Have you ever had a client, you know, sort of say, you know what, we've we were going to sell, but now that now we've kind of done this, we want to stay. I actually um, early on in my real estate career, before Greg joined me, had somebody who went through that. They wanted to sell, and it was a uh, they wanted to, I think, move south and. Um, but their house needed some work, so they ended up putting in a lot of work. They did new flooring, new carpeting. Um, the landscaping was pretty much done and done very well. But they did spend a fair amount of money, and then at the end, they were disappointed. They said, gosh, you know, I wish we would have done this five years ago so we could have enjoyed our, our investment here. Right. So it does happen, Yeah. Um, but certainly they were committed and moving on and, and did so. So, so I mean, we talked a little bit about curb appeal. I mean, that— almost seems like a no-brainer. I mean, you're, you're putting the picture of the house out there in the internet. You want it to look its best. So curb appeal is, is sort of a, I'll say an easy sell, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of when you're dealing with some of your clients to sort of explain to them the benefits of that. And then also from our perspective, when we get someone calling in and they're asking us how to, how to do that, you know, in the anticipation of selling or moving. Um, but then, you know, we, we, how we started out talking about the sort of the backyard and mm-hmm. sort of how that's exploded into these, you know, just really big oasises and, you know, all of these amenities that are, that people are putting in. Um, again, I don't know, and I could be wrong, but I don't know that dollar for dollar you get that back, um, at least not short term. But like we said, 
you know, people are going into a home and they're sort of expecting now certain amenities. Mm -hmm. And so if they don't see the fire pit outside, oh, well, you know, we kind of wanted to, or maybe they had one at their previous home and they were kind of hoping to have the same thing here. Um, What are, what are people looking for? I mean, what is the, I mean, I know what the hot ticket is on the installation side, Mm -hmm. but on the moving side, buying side, I guess, what are people really interested in? Well, it's all going to depend on location again. So if, you're in a neighborhood where everybody has an outdoor living space. Yeah. Um, you're going to need to have an outdoor living space. Right. And Or you I'll, just go over to the neighbor's house all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and then you sell and then you say just go over to the neighbor's house. <laughs> I do I, I do have a I have we I have a client who who we know um, that we did an outdoor kitchen for him, and then the neighbor did a pool. And so the the, the deal was between they them that share. we'll keep the fridge stocked, and if you ever want to come over, <laughs> help yourself. But then we get to come use the pool kind of oh. whenever we want. <laughs> so instead of each of them doing everything, uh, they mm-hmm. sort of you know huh. trade off that way. It's, it's kind of an interesting That would deal. take a special relationship, neighborly relationship. Right. Yeah, you got to really get along with your neighbors <laughs> right. to make that happen. Which is okay. Yeah. But, but the outdoor living space is uh, certainly... Uh, we're seeing so much more of, and it's becoming more than just decks. In the in the 80s, it was decks, right? And now it's uh, patios, uh, hardscape patios, uh, uh, knee walls with uh, great elements, uh, whether it be a a fireplace built in or uh, a cooking cooking area. Yeah. And, and again, it, it needs to be proportional. I mean, you certainly don't want to have uh, a smaller lot with three quarters of it taken up by an outdoor living space. Right. It's, it's just not going to work. It's not going to look good. Um, so outdoor living spaces, definitely. Uh, additional elements would be a pergola yeah. and some special plantings. Uh, so that is a game changer uh, in the sale of your home. Again, needs to be proportional, and it needs to be in an area that it's not going to look uh, way out of place. And the only thing I would add to that is um, I think concrete patios or tile or uh, patios are certainly probably the most desired. But when we show homes that have decks, yeah, the only time a deck has a negative connotation is when it's not painted and it looks like it's not been maintained. Right. And then all of a sudden you see the um, the work, the work, and, yeah. and then you think, okay, well, now how am I going to rectify this? Am I going to sand it down and repaint it, or am I going to go with some maintenance-free decking, which is probably the way to go? That because again, it leaves the the buyer feeling like they don't have to do a lot after they um, purchase the home. So, how your deck looks is important, right? Um, getting out of the gate because people will discount based on that right they're going to discount if it if it if it feels like they have a lot of work to do right well and you you touched on a couple of points one being you know the proportion aspect of it and you know i look at that you know from a design perspective obviously that's an important element of design you want things to be in scale with the surroundings and the house and the architecture and everything but on the real estate side of things you know when you're in that competition of, of selling you want to appeal to as many people as possible. That's going to give you the best chance. And so, like you said, if let's say you have a smaller yard, maybe you have a, a Wauwatosa or a city lot, mm-hmm. and you don't have a lot of space, and you and 
you know, maybe it's just the two of you and you decided you're going to go all out and you build this huge patio with mm-hmm. this, all this, all this stuff and mm, a little patch of grass in the back. Well, you've sort of eliminated anyone with kids really from that mm-hmm. equation then mm-hmm. when you, when you go to list because, you know, they get into the backyard, it's beautiful, looks like a great place to hang out, but where the, where's the place set going to go? Right. And those are the people who always want the pool. <laughs> right? So then it right. comes back and hits you the other way. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So. Yeah. So it's important to think about that um, from the installation side. It might be. And again, it, it really it, it comes down to the value when you go to sell. And, and, if, and if the value of your enjoyment of that space outweighs you know, what you think you might get later on in a resale point, maybe that's okay. Um, but it's something to think about. You got to keep that in mind you know, because you don't want to eliminate, I mean, a huge sector, I would imagine, of, of buyer pool out there. Well, and if you're selling your home, it's important that when you are choosing um, a realtor to help you, um, that you ask those questions. How are you going to, um, you know, show lifestyle marketing to my home that maybe doesn't have a big backyard, but it's backed up to a forest preserve? Or, sure. You know, so the you know, all those other important questions, how much are you going to sell my house for? You know, all of those things are important, but also what are they going to do for you from a lifestyle perspective? Sure. From a marketing. And, and the, the clients that we have that have very, very nice homes, uh, oftentimes overbuild their outside elements outkick the coverage as they say right <laughs> they, out, they, like they outkick okay. it and uh they may have done that for lifestyle reasons but the uh the outkicking of their coverage isn't going to mean that they're getting it back right right now if they would have done it in a moderate moderate way or in a proportional way mm-hmm. they'll they'll get a good return on it sure but if it's overdone, Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Done um, with stainless this and um, uh, certain kind of tile here. Uh, yeah, looks great, but you're, you're not going to get your money back on it. Well, and I'll give you an example of that. Uh, a few years ago, we had a client in New Berlin, and it's you know kind of a typical suburban, uh, you know, sort of 90s built home subdivision, and uh, two story house. I think it was a four, two or something like that. Um, smaller backyard, not a lot of space. Um, but they, they had redone the inside. Um, the kids were somewhere entering high school, somewhere in high school. Um, but they decided, you know what, we're going to stay here at least long term. And they had us do a complete, you know, backyard makeover. And I mean, the total project was six figures. I mean, there was a huge outdoor uh, room with screens and TVs and, you know, the heaters that they have in the roof, like at restaurants and things. We had a huge outdoor kitchen with everything you could want in it, a griddle, refrigerator, sink, green egg, the, the whole nine yards, fire pit, dining area, seat walls. I mean, everything. And then all, we use all stone. So all high end materials. So it was a pretty elaborate space for the neighborhood. Sure. And 
you know, I kept thinking, are you really wanting to do this? You know, but in the end, they decided, look, we like it here. Uh, we've decided that we're just going to, we're, we're here for the long haul. We're going to retire here. That's it. So we really like being outside. We like having people over, you know, the, the, you know, kids bring the football team over. We like cooking for people. We're going to go for it. And, and that's what they did. So, so to be clear in our discussion, if that makes your lifestyle uh, more enjoyable, it's worth it. Yeah. It's absolutely worth it. If you have the money, do it. Uh, my point earlier was uh, if you do it uh, in an extraordinary way, uh, don't expect to see the return on those certain elements that you spent two or three times. Right. Most people do. Yeah, you may right. not get the dollars back, um, but perhaps your house is probably going to move faster than all the others <laughs> as long as it's priced mm-hmm. right. Sure. And you have all these amenities, sure. I would imagine. Um, so, you know, exactly. you got to take all of those things into consideration. But like I said, a lot can happen, a lot can change over the course of a few years. So I think probably the overall point is really just think about your enjoyment of it. And instead of, because like you said, people put all this work into homes, whether that's the inside or outside, right before they're going to sell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they think, boy, we really should have done that like five, six, 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, we could have gotten something out of it. Um, you know, so sticking with the out, outside in the backyard aspect, you know, I know, I guess what I see is trending out there. Um, and I'm always trying to get a feel for what people are interested in, especially with these different amenities that people are putting in the yard, whether mm-hmm. that's a fireplace, uh, outdoor kitchen, things like that. So I actually did a poll on our Facebook page a few days ago just to see what would happen. And I, I pitted a outdoor fire, I think I did fireplace, um, against an outdoor kitchen. So now maybe people, there's not a lot of chefs in my circle. <laughs> <laughs> that could have skewed the poll a little bit. Um, but overwhelmingly, it was fireplace. Sure. And so I'm not sure if everyone in Wisconsin is is just kind of, you know. Cold. Pyro. <laughs> yeah, cold. There you go. <laughs> I was going to say, we're, we're all a bunch of pyromaniacs around here. But perhaps, yeah, it's just the cold and you get to use the space longer. So um are, are you getting any feedback from people, whether it's the buyer, seller side, like, boy, boy, we'd really like to have a fire pit or we'd really like to have a fireplace or, you know, kitchen. I don't, I, I don't have an opinion on kitchen. Uh, I think that's a whole different discussion, but I think fire and fireplaces are primal. Yeah. Uh, I, I think there are a lot of people who unconsciously feel good in front of a fireplace. And in uh, full disclosure, you have a fantastic fireplace <laughs> at your home. Thanks to somebody. Yeah. Um, and an, and yes. a and a fantastic a proportional right fireplace. exactly yeah. designed well. Um, so but you use it a lot. Uh, we use it all the time, and uh, maybe it's just me, but maybe it goes back to you know the caveman. <laughs> um, and we see a lot of uh, people interested in the outdoor living space, including uh, a fire element, whether it be mm-hmm. a fire pit or a fireplace. Yeah. Uh, so that's big. A cooking area, uh, certainly, but then we get into the high-end uh, uh, cooking areas where you got stainless in um, the built-in the kind built-in of thing stuff. I, I that we one's tough because we haven't had a lot of uh, clients ask for, ask for that. Okay, as a uh, requirement. Yeah, but, yeah. But, but certainly the plantings and the outdoor experience of a fireplace is right up there with uh, what they're looking for. And if they're in a wooded lot, a gazebo, you know, for those 
times where the mosquitoes, mosquitoes? Might be oh, so yeah. you know i would say we have people like that piece a little bit more they probably gravitate to that if they want a kitchen they'll probably put it in so i met, I, I would imagine when you guys are and i don't want to say vetting but you're sort of you know, getting to know a new client um, on the as a buyer mm-hmm. um, from the buyer's perspective, you, maybe you're you know asking for an inventory or a wish list of some of the things that they're looking for, yeah. um, and you know you get some some of the typical things, size and number of bedrooms and things. But um, you know, where does the outside of the house fit in there? Are they, you know, are they adding to that list? Well, we really want you know, an outdoor patio. We really want a, a fire pit, any of those things. Well, we have several clients that we're working with, um, newer uh, buyers, and a lot of the things that they've said right out of the gate is, hey, we need to be in an area where we can put up a fence. Oh, I mean, okay. that tends to be something that comes up quite a bit, too. Really? And there's, yes, you know, uh, we have a couple clients who have dogs. They want to be conscientious. They don't want their dogs to be running all over the neighborhood, and they want to be able to let the dog out and have it in a fenced area where they feel that it's safe and um there's a lot of um neighborhoods out there that don't allow that yeah that's so be a in tough... this in these uh two particular cases you know they all give us a list of homes that they've they've gone on and like and then our first step is then we call the homeowner association and then we call the town and we get all that information because there's no sense showing a house if that's a requirement of theirs and then right. they can't have a fence so I would say outdoors, um, fences, and, and a fire pit, and somewhere where they can have a, a leisurely time entertaining. And um, doesn't always have to be elaborate, but has to be done well. How's that? Well, in the fire, the other thing, too, you know, you mentioned checking into the ordinances and things mm-hmm. like that. So if you know that's what your client's looking for, you can sort of do that research for them. And I know that with it, in terms of fireplaces, fire pits, anything fire related, um, all the municipalities have different uh, codes and rules yes. and restrictions and things like that. So I have to imagine that that's something that we're going to have to look into. Um, like if somebody is interested in a home and they, you know, that's on my wish list. I'd really like a, a fire pit. Well, this, this town has a, a, a ban on burning. You know, I remember when I was in Colorado, you couldn't, uh, it was grandfathered. If you had a house with a fireplace, you could use it. It was discouraged. But because of this, you know, the smog, because it's in a little bit of a bowl sure. there, Denver is, uh, you nothing. You couldn't put in a natural wood fireplace at all, period. Well, we haven't run into that here in Wisconsin, specifically <laughs> Waukesha County. Not so, with the fire pits um, or that. But the fences, that tends to be uh, something we have to really research ahead of time. Yeah, I imagine yeah. that's kind of a, a sticking point with mm-hmm. certain places because I, I, for whatever it is, people get real touchy about fences. They just, I don't know if they feel like they're being walled off and they mm-hmm. don't like that or they like the open feel of, of the neighborhood. Um, right. they, they do, and oftentimes, depending on your neighborhood's or your homeowner's uh, covenants, they'll say, sure, you can have a fence, but it can't be metal. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be natural product. Sure. And uh, certain the, height. Right. right. And the, the best side has to be facing your neighbor. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so certainly uh, considerations. But getting back to the earlier uh, point you're making, I, people still look at square footage, bedrooms, bathrooms first. Right. And then it's the setting. Mm-hmm. And then whether or not the setting is going to allow a fireplace or an outdoor living space. Right. Well, it, 
and the other part of it too, and I guess this is sort of the looking at things at a macro level, it really comes down to the usability of the outside, right. you know, and some, and everybody has a different definition of that. Like we mentioned, some people, you know, they might have three, four kids. They need a big backyard. Right. Uh, they, they, the city lot's not going to do it for them. Um, some people maybe have one child, maybe they're empty nesters, may, uh, retired, whatever. Mm, they might be looking for some more patio space or outdoor space that they can enjoy and things like that. And then location. I mean, I've lived in, you know, closer to the city, and now we kind of live out in the suburbs. We have mm-hmm. some woods behind us. When we lived in the city, was, mosquitoes were not an issue, mm-hmm. uh, but they certainly are where we live now. <laughs> <laughs> so I imagine people are looking at those things and thinking, okay, well, how do I mitigate that? So, um, you know, when that you're— That and even size of lawns, you know. It's interesting. Some people will say, I don't want a big lawn. I don't want to have be spending my— um, Saturday afternoon, three hours cutting my lawn. Mowing, right. right. Yeah, mowing. So um, outside, I, that that's, would be another thing that we end up talking a lot about. Um, a, a story came comes to mind where I was working with clients, and they really wanted a wooded setting. They just, so we found several houses in a wooded setting, and finally it just dawned on me because I grew up in this setting. Yeah. Well, it's beautiful, but in the fall. In the fall, yeah. What you see up comes down, right? right? So finally I just said, how do you feel about raking leaves? And they were, it really hadn't crossed their mind, you know, because it it just didn't. We were looking in the spring and all of a sudden they were were thinking, I don't really want this setting because I don't want to have to rake leaves. And this individual didn't want to have somebody come in and, and pay for that. So all of those things are things that Greg and I talk about. Because it's not always as simple as it seems. Right. And again, we're not looking to rain on anybody's parade. Sure. If you want to live in a wooded setting, great. But have you considered? Yeah, understand what that means. What that means. Well, and unlike on the inside, the the inside is fairly static. You can walk through the inside of a home at any time, any time of year, any point during the day, night, whatever. It's really unchanged. You got Mm -hmm. this many rooms. They're shaped like this. They're painted like that. But on the outside, if you're walking, if you're looking at a house in the winter and there's four inches of snow on the ground, you have no idea what that outside space looks like. Mm-hmm. What does the drainage look like? Is there issues with that? Is there a, you know, underneath that layer of snow, is there, you know, a pond sitting there that I'm unaware of in the springtime? <laughs> I'm going to have this, wa- you know, this big, sure. you know, wash of water coming through. And so um, there's a lot to consider with that. Like you said, if somebody is, thinking about a wooded lot, but they're looking in the spring or the wintertime, they really haven't thought about their, that, that mindset might change if they walk through there or saw it in the and fall. It did. <laughs> well, what we tend to talk to our uh, clients who are selling their homes and it's getting toward wintertime. Uh, we often ask if they have pictures yeah. of their home in the summertime so we can include them uh, in marketing their home in the wintertime. So when you have those questions, here's what it looks like. Yeah, take a look. Yeah. Well, especially if they've done something outside, if they've got a nice outdoor space, you know, that becomes a selling feature. That becomes a selling point. gardens, all of that. Yeah. So, you you know, you want to, if you're thinking about selling, even within the next year or two, you know, it might be a good idea, you know, Saturday afternoon after everything's freshly mowed and you got new mulch down, everything looks beautiful. Just run around, take a few pictures, you know, grab yes. your phone. Who's got a camera? Exactly. <laughs> where, where are you going to find that? Where are you going to have to hire a photographer or anything? You can just, <laughs> you can just, you know, come in and, and, 
and uh, take the pictures, put them aside, and then, we, oh, you know what? I've got some great right. pictures. Um, because, you know, when you decide to, to list the home, the time of year is going to be the time of year. And you mm-hmm. may not have thought of those things. It might be a good idea to have all those things, you know, set up ahead of time, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So um, are you got? and this is totally going to be off a little bit off topic, but just a curious thing of mine, are you know, it used to be that you, well, we got the photographer coming in, let's get it staged and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Is that still the case or is it just, all right, let me get my phone out and grab some pictures and we'll, oh, we'll no. get it well, on. Well, well, there's two answers to that. It's <laughs> what Kathleen and Greg do okay, and what go. everybody else does. So I, I think you know us well enough by now that we're fairly detailed oriented and uh, we... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We want to have our clients' home marketed in the very best way. So, no. We don't just take an iPhone out. We have professionals, yep. mm-hmm. and that's covered in our service. Sure, mm-hmm. uh, But there are so many pictures out there of uh, homes that I oftentimes just close my eyes and go, how could they be doing that? <laughs> yeah. um, and it's, it's, it's a, I'm sure it's a conversation about money. Uh, well, we're going to go discount. Right, uh, right. Gonna go, you get what you get. Yeah. Right? yeah, you're, yeah. Uh, but if this is a... Um, large investment and you want to put your best foot forward, you want to do it right. Right. Well, and times have changed. Your first showing is the internet showing. And if you can't get anybody to get past the pictures on the internet to schedule a showing, then you've, you've, you've lost, right? Right. right. The whole idea is to allure them in with these, with the house and the pictures and how good it looks and then have them set up a showing and get in there and see if it works for them. Um, so, well, the, the internet showing almost becomes a little bit of a virtual reality tour in a way because you start from the outside and then you work your way in. You yes. know, the first picture is the front and then you sort of come into the foyer and then the next picture is the kitchen and then it's the bedroom. It and can then... be. There are um, new technologies out there now, Eric. Uh, <laughs> I'm aware. Uh, a dro- <laughs> drone, drone technology uh, that for some homes... Uh, the first view is a flyby. Is the overhead. Right? Yeah. Especially uh, if you have property. Right. If you're on an acre lot, right. it's not, you know, That's, it's, right. it's and, if you're on a lake or, right? Right. right. You're, and, well, you're selling the, the location at sure, that point. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. So, so there is a qualification in those types of homes. Uh, the first uh, view of the home is the flyby. Yeah. And then they move to a more static, uh, traditional approach where you go through uh, each room and you take a look at it. Well, and that, and we might be start, we might be on the precipice of a whole nother yes. segment of, with the yes. VR well, and AR and the drones and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, those different technologies and how they impact, you know, how you showcase a house and how you, how you put it out there for mm-hmm. the public to view. Um, you know, I've looked at some of those things, even, even just phones nowadays, they have, you know, the new iPhones have a whole bunch of, um, you know, AR aspects to them. Yes. And it, the technology is somewhat in its infancy in terms of 
how it's presented to the general public and the consumer. Um, but as as more people develop software and apps and programs to work with the AR and then the software and the hardware, you know, works seamlessly and it's a little more widely adapted, it's I think it's going to be a game changer. And like you said, um, the, you know, if you can show people the outside of the, the whole outside, because pictures, you know, you're, you're just in the viewfinder. You really it's hard to navigate which comes first or. Yeah, you kind of want to see. Are you rounding a corner well, now? And, or? Yeah. <laughs> and there are new technologies in the home where uh, there are some providers that will set up uh, a camera and the camera takes uh, pictures of the home. It takes, I think, an hour and a half. Yeah. It just moves. Sure. So sure. when you do click on it, and I'm I'm struggling for the name of that technology. Uh, it, it might be vir- it's virtual something, uh, but it's not virtual reality. It's uh, another another term, but it gives you a, an interesting view as if you were sitting in one spot and just turning your head mm-hmm. and moving. Um, yeah, you can just look around. Right. Yeah, right. yeah, you can just look around like you're standing there. Um, one thing, and to sort of jump back to to what we were going through, talking about before, one of the things we get a lot of people looking for on our end of things in terms of landscape and installation construction is uh, lighting, outdoor yes. lighting. Um, but I don't really see a lot of visual of that, or I don't, at least I don't see it on the sales side of on the real estate. But people are really into that. I mean, everybody. Everybody we deal with wants some level of outdoor right. lighting, um, and the technology has come such a long way with LED and things like mm-hmm. that. Um, so I'm just wondering if that's if if, if that's going to start kicking in, um, where people are going to start going. Well, I'd like to see this at night. Well, mm-hmm. uh, we haven't seen a lot of it uh, with our clients uh, on the higher end homes, but I think it's coming. Yeah, uh, we cer- we certainly see it at night. And uh, I guess you've given us uh, something to think about in terms of having our photographer going out at night. Yeah. For those of our clients who have the great lighting, it's it totally changes the view of the home. Yeah, absolutely. That, absolutely. But you don't see a lot of it yet. And yeah. I, I don't know the reason why. Yeah. But uh Thank you for that tip. No one's thought of it. <laughs> yeah. So now all the other, all your competition that's listening to this podcast is going to get out there right away and start <laughs> and try to get a jump on you with that. Um, yeah. I mean, when you think about it, you know, daylight savings and, and in Wisconsin and everything, oftentimes people are coming home in the dark for a, a significant portion of the year. You know, you're at work, you leave work at 435 o'clock, whatever it is, right. you get home and it's, it's just dark out. So it's kind of nice to come home to a you know, a well-lit space, especially if you're out in the suburbs away from the city, there's no light pollution. Um, you come home and you kind of get this great feeling. And really, I mean, this is just my opinion, but on, you know, when, when people are buying, oftentimes they're buying an emotion uh, rather than logic. And so I think that when you have, when you, when you see that, and if you can convey that in a picture, even just a slow video of what the house looks like at night, people start to imagine themselves, oh, well, this is what I'd be coming home to uh, instead of, you know, what I'm coming home to now. I like that. Uh, that's, that's, that makes me feel good. Now maybe that house is a little bit higher up on, it's not crossed off at least. Well, I, I appreciate what you're saying. And I think that uh, Greg and I will have to go look at our lighting. <laughs> and that is right exactly one of my new projects. So thank you. Yeah, yeah there you go. Exactly. But, but I, I, I think that element uh, for marketing one's home is an element that one would use in a a higher priced home. Right. So right. 
in Waukesha County, where we uh, spend most of our time, Lake Country, um, average home sale price, $325,000. Yeah. Uh, not sure that's where the lighting thing would be uh, a sweet spot. Um, Kathleen, but, I'm looking at you, but maybe, but maybe, maybe it is. Maybe it could be maybe proportionately, it could be. right? But I'm, I'm thinking a, a, a higher-priced home, uh, 500000 well, and above. Well, and to give you a little perspective, too, you can do, and, and again, it doesn't have to be overdone. The, the goal of right. lighting is not to make it look like, you know, hey. you're breaking out of prison. Um, you're supposed to, <laughs> it's supposed to, <laughs> it's supposed to enhance, you know, this, the right. features of the house, right? Right. And so, you know, a reasonable lighting package for a home, you know, a 2,500, 3,000 square foot home, maybe a, a two-story, maybe a tall one-story, yeah, Three to five thousand, you know. It, with you could do LED, it could be lit up really nice. You're going to emphasize the front more than the back. The back is really more utility. That's so that you can see when you're out there enjoying the space. And it, and it's going to depend on what they have. You know, if there's a nice patio, there's a pergola. You have a lot of things to light. Right. The front usually there's quite a bit. You've got you're going to light the house, any trees and things like that. Create this nice looking space. So from an investment perspective, it seems like it's not a whole lot, but if it doesn't trans, if that doesn't translate into well, this is, I don't want to say a feature of the home, but something that people can, mm-hmm. you know, that people realize or understand that oh, this there's night lighting and it looks like this, mm-hmm. mm, then maybe it doesn't. So Eric, do you do lighting? We we might, yeah, we do a little <laughs> bit. Well, we'll have to <laughs> have you do, out. Do you? Uh, oh, absolutely, yeah. Okay, we do. so let's let's uh, let's talk specifics. So we talked about money being put into a home and getting one's return. And certainly if you had the money um, and you wanted to spend it, you would spend it on this lighting. So what what is a price tag for a moderate light um, element, lighting element in the front of a home? Are we talking $1,000? Are we talking uh, it, five? It, it would be a little, I mean, you could do it very simply for maybe 2500 bucks if you went regular incandescent. If you went LED and and the technology now, you can control it with an app on your phone, mm-hmm. which again might be kind of a cool thing, mm-hmm. selling feature. Um, then you're going to move up to more of the thirty five hundred, maybe even up to four thousand, five thousand price point, depending on how big the space right, square is. Footage, right. If you got like fifteen large trees, you want to hit all of those. So there's there's some there's some room in there, but um, you know I would say for twenty five hundred bucks to four thousand. You know, you could do a really nice job on a house, um, and if that becomes a selling feature where people realize that they see it at night, mm-hmm. and and you know, it creates that welcoming feeling. You know, maybe maybe that's a, a good return for people, and certainly be the envy of your neighbors <laughs> at night, right? Well, then when you put that sign out in the front, you can always turn one of those lights <laughs> onto that sign, right? That's right. <laughs> if they have a very smart outdoor architect. Exactly. <laughs> they got it. You have to, it all comes down to planning. You got to have all this stuff uh, planned out and, and figured out ahead of time. So um, I want to get one more question to you real quick before we, um, we close her out. But um, it, in terms of outdoor space, um, are people trending towards, they're not looking for a lot of outdoor space. 
I, I feel like um, in years past, or at least when I was growing up, the big backyard was a, a, a thing to, to ha- of envy. Everybody wanted. I got a big backyard. Um, but now it almost seems like people, they're not really interested in that. They, they're, they'd rather have a smaller yard. They don't have to take care of it very much. They got a nice patio because they're really out. They're busy. Everybody's busy nowadays. Well, that, that's going to depend. Again, I'm not one to have a short answer. That's going to depend on our clients and their ages. Uh, the millennials, uh, for the most part, are, are busy yeah. and not looking to cut grass. And they're more interested in a living life. Uh, and perhaps they don't have children, but maybe they do. Uh, so having a smaller space makes sense to them. They can close the door and go. Right. Uh, folks who are a little older, uh, who perhaps their kids are uh, going to be leaving the home soon or have left the home would like more room uh, to entertain. But then also there's the element of, well, hey, I've lived this long. I'm not cutting grass all day. <laughs> right, right. So it, it, I guess the answer is it depends on who the client is. Yeah. Uh, is, is the best I can uh, answer your question. Yeah. So overall, really, it comes down to, again, if you're, if you're, Looking at the outside of your home, and you're thinking at some point you're gonna you, you're maybe gonna list this house, whether it's within the next six months, two months, or the next year, um, and you're thinking, well, what do I need to do to this space? Mm-hmm. I think it really comes down to a curb appeal, sort of no brainer. Make sure the front of the house looks its best. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, uh, in terms of the backyard, I've always told people, and and you can tell me if this is good or bad advice, but you know, create an outdoor living space that you'll enjoy, um, but but don't get too personalized because mm-hmm. um, it may not, you, you know, you're going to sort of limit your, your people. So that would like a pool I, or something like that. Even hot tubs, you know, those seem to be a sticky. People look at that and go, ah, get that thing out of here. You know, that's a lot right, of work. And that's an easy one they, to get they out. They don't want of. that right. included. <laughs> right. Can they take that with them? when they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So, you know, try not to personalize it too much, but right. just make sure that when people walk through the house and they get to those patio doors just to put a bow around it, that they look out and they see a nice outdoor space that they feel like, okay, we can, you know, eat, have our dining set over here, maybe have some lounge chairs over there. Maybe there's a fire element, maybe not, but if not, at least we can put something out here. Uh, you know, we know there's some space for it, you know, yeah, just make it relational. Yeah. Or alternatively, they can talk to Greg and Kathleen. They're, well, they're uh, uh, will Help them out. Help them out. Yeah. Give them advice. Tell them what sells, what doesn't sell in terms of those amenities. Well, listen, guys, uh, it's been great, again, having you guys on. Um, We might have to think about the whole technology aspect of this. I don't know. That's I I think we have an idea there. Yeah. We can... uh around a bit. I think that I think that would be fun. Um, even though I'm a landscaper, I, I enjoy technology as well. So, uh, as always, thanks for coming by. Um, you listen to the Growing in the Green Industry podcast. If you would like to check out more pictures or vote on our poll, uh, you can go to our Facebook page. Just go to Breck Land Breck Landscape. Uh, or Breckenridge Landscape on Facebook. You can vote on our poll. You can check out pictures and things like that. Uh, And if you like the podcast, hit subscribe on your iHeartRadio app. Thank you. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.